And the Bible says Mordecai because it is in the blood, in his blood. All right? The life of God in his blood, the blessing of God in his blood, decided to take Esther and said, I'll take Esther, my uncle's daughter, and I will raise her as my own. I will adopt her as my own. The Bible is not very clear whether Mordecai had children or not, but imagine if Mordecai had children, a wife and kids. They brought in Esther to be another of the daughters that probably Mordecai had, or another of the children that Mordecai had, and says, look, I'm bringing you so that you don't feel that you lost you will find a father in me. You will find a mother in my wife. And there would not be any difference. You would not wish if they were alive. Because I have stepped in. And I have adopted you. And I am taking you as my very own. To the extent that when the virgins were asked for by the king. Because... Esther, Hadassah, is my very own as Mordecai. I will not be jealous and say, look, I know you will be the one who stands a chance to win the pageant, but I will not let you go to the pageant because you are not from my loins. But, but he says, look, because I treat you as my own. I will send you there because... Your victory is my victory because you have now become my blood. Your success is now my success because you have now become my own blood. So I am not jealous when you prosper. I will open up doors for you and give you opportunities that you would naturally would not get because your father is no longer present. Your biological is no longer present. Your mother is no longer present. But in my presence, you will not feel their absence. Praise God. That is what it means to be adopted. All right? You are brought into a family where the one who formerly did not have a father and a mother can now safely say, I have a father and I have a mother. Adoption. All right? You know, the Bible talks of Moses. Moses' daughter took, I mean, Pharaoh's daughter took Moses, adopted Moses, and what happened? They actually wanted Moses to become the next Pharaoh in the land. All right? Because just by adoption, it meant that everything that was legally supposed to go to a biological child of Pharaoh, Moses was going to possess. Alright? So he was next in line as an adopted child of the palace. Alright? So, Paul comes now in the New Testament and he is talking about the other time he talks about being born again, the other times he talks about being adopted. He's not confused. 
Because some of you, you try to figure out, okay, why does the Bible talk about we, know we need to be born again, John chapter number 3, all right? And then it says you are adopted. So how can you be born again and then be adopted at the same time? Because you cannot adopt the child that you have given birth to. It is only a child that you have not given birth to that you need to adopt. How come the Bible seems like it's confused? It's not confused. But the writer wants to bring up points that will help you whichever direction you come from. You will see yourself in him, with him, and born again. In case the devil tells you you come from somewhere else, you will say, well, if I come from somewhere else, I was adopted. And if you feel adoption is not enough, you know, you come and say, I was born in the family. So wherever you come from, it will take you to a place where you are a son. If the devil says, well, you can't say you are a son of God because whoever is born of God does not sin and look at you, you are sinning. You will say, well, I am adopted and because I'm adopted, he knew all my weaknesses and he made a choice to love me anyway. I'm not a mistake because, you know, sometimes when you are, you are given birth to, the parents may say, well, I, needed a, I wanted a boy. I got a girl. I wanted a girl. I got a boy. I thought they were going to be lighter, but they are darker. Or maybe the family planning pill did not work, then probably you are a mistake. But now there is no mistake with adoption. So in case the devil tells you you are a mistake before God, you then bring the adoption ticket and says, you know what? They came when I was in an orphanage. I had no parents. And he came, made a decision of his own will, of his own accord, looked at me in my sins, looked at me when I was in the mad, looked at me when I was all dirty. And he says, that one is the one that I like. Because adoption is not initiated by the child who is adopted. Adoption is initiated by the one who adopts who is the parent. It is Pharaoh's daughter who decided not Moses in the basket. Because he was not in a position to decide. So Pharaoh's daughter had to decide. I don't know if you're getting me. It was Mordecai who decided not Esther who was left and abandoned. It was Mordecai who decided to raise her up as her own. Or as his own daughter. Are you getting this? So it is the decision of the parents to adopt so look at it this way. God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit, having a meeting while we were yet sinners. When we were without strength. When we were condemned in sin, forgotten, abandoned, you know, bound, cursed, struck down, destroyed, forgotten, without God, without hope, foreigners to the covenant of promise. And then he came to the orphanage center in the world and he looked around and the Bible says in the book of Romans, I mean John chapter number 15, give me John chapter 15 please, I'm sure it's on verse what? 17? Let's try 17. What verse is it? And, and, and the Bible says, you did not choose me. Verse 6, John 15 verse 6. It says, you have, 16, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. 
and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask in the Father's name, he may give it to you. You have not chosen me. I am the one who chose you. So your weakness can no longer be an excuse for acceptance because I chose you when I knew you were weak. Come on. I think I taught on a message on, on chosen. And, and, and I, I was saying that sometimes if you knew the things that you now know about your spouse, you probably would not have married them. You chose them because of your limited information and knowledge of who they really are. It is only when you got in that you realized that you made a mistake, you, you picked the wrong person. It was a bad apple after all. Alright? You, you thought the apple was, was all ripe until you saw that the, the was, it was rotten down. You see how those people who sell stuff take their stuff? They know how to put the good side up and it's rotten down there. You pick it only to realize that it's actually bad. But, but, but if you had known, if you were exposed to all the sides... If you had time to feel it and, 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 and to check it properly, you would probably have not chosen it. But imagine God who knows all things because he's all-knowing. And there's no weakness of yours that takes him by surprise. There is nothing about you that he does not know. He actually knows the numbers of your hair. He, he has numbered your days he knows you're going in and you're going out. The psalmist says, you, before I was formed, right there when I was, when I was, when I was in the mother's womb, the, the, you, you know exactly, you, you needed me when I was right there in the womb. And, and God comes and says, I know your weaknesses. Job says, you know the way that I take. You know every way that I take. You know my shortcomings. But he says, I want this one. So next time when you think adultery is going to be the reason for me to divorce you, you have to think again because I saw you committing it. And, and still I say, this is the one that I am dying for and I am cleansing by my blood. Adopted. Choice. This one. Says, but but he, doesn't, he doesn't look good. Yeah, this one. Uh, but... but, but we are blacks, he is white. Says, no, yeah, this one. He is short, but we are tall. Th this one. This is the one that I want. So as we are going home, because there is a file that is presented, this is the kind of a person that he is. And still say, my choice. Let's go home. That's what it means to be adopted and to be chosen by God. There is no mistake with God. He would not say, well, I didn't know this about you, so look, we're done. If this does not excite you, I don't know what else is good news. This is what keeps me going. When the devil brings condemnation, I have fallen in a particular area and the devil is accusing me because he's the accuser of brethren. 
Right, so don't be part of that, okay? So don't, the devil is, has got enough work on his hands. Don't join his team. That job is already taken. Don't be part of the accuser of brethren, okay? The job is already taken. Okay, that job is already taken. There is one who is the accuser of brethren. The church is not there to accuse the brethren. The preachers are not there to prepare messages to accuse the brethren because there is already one who is doing that and he does that so well. He does that 24-7. So we are not the accuser of brethren when he comes and he begins to accuse you. You know what you say to him? Too late. Too late. I was chosen already. Chosen, loved by the best. That's why the love of God is called the unconditional love of God. It's not conditional, it's agape. The unconditional love of god so the choice and the decision to adopt is of the parents that's beautiful so you did not choose me but i chose you you did not find me i found you so to nathaniel says before you came here i saw you i saw you so don't try and say ah we have found him no you didn't find me I saw you. I found you. You found me because I found you. You only saw me because I saw you. You are only with me because I was with you before you were with me. You are only in my house because I brought you in. Alright? So it is me that found you. Not the other way. We did not find him. He found us. So it is the choice and the decision of the parents. All right? And before a child is adopted, this is now. You know what they do? They send, I think it was Jason who taught on adoption the other time. You remember that? Well, I was not here, but I got the message. A very powerful message. Now, they, they will send the, the social welfare guys to come and check the house, the family, the environment that this person is going to come to. So they will come and they will check it out to see whether you have got enough room to accommodate another soul, whether you have any enough to support another child. All right? Now, 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 look at it this way. Before you came into the family of God and there were checks that took place, was, is there enough forgiveness in this home for another sinner? It says there, there is enough. It is in the blood. And says, is there, is there enough enough patience for one who is weak and they say there is enough patience in the blood. Is there enough provision for the child who is coming in and the son said, Father, it is in the blood. There is enough provision in the blood because it is for their sake that I was made poor so that their prosperity and blessing can be in the blood. 
So if you look at the blood, you look at the supply. The blood is the only thing that when God looks at, he says, everything that I need to adopt another child is sorted because the blood speaks of their protection. The blood speaks of their provision. The blood speaks of their abundance. The blood speaks of their inheritance. The blood speaks of a secure future. It's in the blood. So you don't come into a house where you are adopted and say, do you have enough for me to sit on the table? Come on. More qualified people were here before you. They checked this place. And they say they are not part of the commonwealth of Israel. What do we do before we get them in? We are not just going to graft them in because the, 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 the blood of bulls does not have capacity for another sinner. The, the blood of gods does not have capacity for another sinner. It is only working for this group of people, but it only has an expiry date of one year. It cannot be extended further. So we, we now need, before we, we enlarge the family, come on, before we enlarge the family, we need to make provision for those who are going to come from South Africa. Those are speaking. Ped is speaking. We need to make provision for the Tongas. We need to make provision for the Shonas from Zimbabwe, from the, for the Nigerians in Nigeria, from, from the, we need to make provision for the Chinese. What do we do? I have to go. So that there will not be checks here and there. Every time you look at the blood, the blood is the account that will speak and send a message that all in order, you can add them. <sighs> all in, is in order. So that, that, that's our message. When we go out to preach, the sinners, we say, Ch not church, world, all is in order. The house is full. The blood, it speaks of better things than that of Abel. You can come home and we begin to bring them in because the Bible says we have received the ministry of reconciliation. And we say to the world, God has been reconciled to you. Now, be ye reconciled to him. That's our message. The papers are here, signed. And he's simply saying, leave the orphanage. Come home. Leave the orphanage. Come home. Leave the orphanage. So it's no longer about, I don't have someone who is coming to take me. There is somebody who signed all the papers. You now need knowledge to step out of the orphanage and say, if I hear my name, I'll leave a place of lack and go into a place of abundance. So a home is checked to ensure if everything is enough. And our home has got everything. Praise God. Our home has got everything. Is the environment conducive? Is it not abusive? Is this not an abusive home? That's why every 
born again person must make an effort to leave abusive homes, abusive centers. Because already, as an orphan, you were in an abusive relationship with the enemy, with the devil. Abused. He would make you stay awake when you were supposed to sleep. And you come to church and they tell you that at 12 midnight you need to wake up and pray until 4 or pray for one hour to fight the Is that not an abusive relationship? Because when you come home and adopted by the father who adopted me, where I stay, I've got my own room. And the Bible says he gives his own sleep. At night, he does not make them fight stuff. Is it not enough? Because, because God did not call us to be, to be, to be security guards in the, in the evening. And, and, and he's trying by all means to have us awake all the time and make sure that we are paying for our protection. We don't pay for our protection. When I checked the blood, I saw that it was provided for. I don't know if you're hearing me today. Is that not an abusive relationship? Where every time you need to bind and, and, and deal with stuff from my mother's side, from my father's side, and you are binding until you're sweating. Yet courage says we, we were brought into a place of rest because he who says yes to Jesus he has seized from his own works and he has entered into the rest of God. Someone came to me and they said, Pastor, uh, they are saying that the reason why I'm not being married is because they have got, they, they, they are spirits that are following me and, and things like that. Then I said, do you believe it? And they said, no. Then I said, so don't spend your time dealing with any spirit because the devil is trying to take your time and take you back. Because there is no manifestation, it means you are bound. Because there is no manifestation, it means that there is no seed that was planted. That's why the devil says, well, there is no manifestation, it means there is no seed. Do you believe in the blessing? Yes. So bless the name of Jesus. Don't go back again. Don't go and break stuff. There's nothing to break anymore. Yeah. Hallelujah. Don't go ahead and break stuff. There's nothing to break anymore. The Bible says it was set aside. Colossians chapter number 2 verse 14, 15. The handwriting of ordinances. He blotted the handwriting of ordinances that were written against us. Blotted it. Took it out of the way. So if it was taken out of the way, how come you are walking like this? You know, every time you walk a little bit, you, you jump as if you are trying to avoid stuff. There is nothing to avoid. You can put your hands in the pocket and pick up a stape and walk and you will not jump throughout. Because it was taken out of the way. You don't need to. It's not hurdles. This is not a hundred meter hurdle race where after a bit of whatever, you need to jump the hurdle. There are no hurdles. The only hurdle that remains is the hurdle in your mind. Where the devil keeps on saying, your parents are dead.
Ah. Are you not in an abusive relationship? Where in order for you to be blessed, you need to do something. They don't, they don't end. Things don't end. That makes you blessed. They will say, this year it's different. This one is different. If you do this this year, you are crossing over. Or this is what happens to you. Are you not in an abusive relationship? Where you do what they said you should do that particular year and nothing happens. They say because you were not clean. You did it, but you were not clean. It's abusive. You, have you ever gotten into an argument with a person and uh, they were wrong? Or maybe you're fighting and they were wrong. By the time the argument is ending, you are the one who is wrong, who is now apologizing. Men, men are good at that. We are good at that, right? You can twist a story. So it starts and, and by the end of the story, you are now the problem. Are you not in an abusive relationship? Where demands are always there. Demands are always there. Is there freedom? How can you continue in an abusive relationship? Uh, okay. Can I go ahead? Can I say it as it is? Is it not an abusive relationship? <laughs> because, because they check whether there is abuse in this family before another one comes. Because they cannot add people in a place where there is abuse. Never allow abuse to be normal. Because he buys roses here and there. This is why people stay in abusive relationships. Because sometimes he is good. Sometimes I, then I, I received a testimony and a miracle. At some point, they were good to me at some point. I got this from there. Now, that does not give anybody a right. Every time the preacher stands, they are accusing you. They are employed by the devil to accuse the brethren. The reason why this is not this is because of this. The reason why this is because of this. Check if that home was checked first. Adopted. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 46. It says, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy. That we should be? So we're chosen to be holy and without blame before him in love. Five. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Verse 6. To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us 
accepted in the beloved. <laughs> Imagine stopping at a house where you know that you're already accepted in the beloved. Your step with the bag. Remember, you, you come, you know, every person has got a, something. You are coming from the orphanage center, you have your bag with you. From that place, with your possessions, valued possessions, your clothes for the party, your clothes for special occasions, they are there in your bag. No one leaves the orphanage without anything. You are there with your bag going to the place. And you realize when you get there that where I am and the bag that I have carried, there, there is a little bit of a problem. You, you, you get in there, there are clothes. You get in there, everything is already set. Wisdom will tell you, you take your bag. If you are bold, you throw it in the dustbin. If you are not bold enough, you pack it away somewhere. Alright? And never to visit it again. Until those people take that bag and throw it away. You will never ask who took my bag. Because what you have been exposed to now is far greater in value, in beauty, in honor, in splendor than the very things that, you were, that were dear to you. Don't hold on to stuff from your past. It's not worth it. Where you have come into, there is all things. Blessed with all things. Adopted. New home. And the guy who adopted us, the Bible says, he predestinated us. Before, we, before the foundation of the world, before you were even there, he had said, I ah, know, that one and 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 that one. And that one. Who is the, that one and that one? The whole world. It's now the decision of the people in the world to say yes or no. But all of us, we are predestined to the adoption of sons. Praise God. So the church has only, you know, mainly measured on justification. You know, you are declared. A judge declares you not guilty, acquits you. But it takes a father to adopt you. It takes a judge to acquit you, but it takes a father to adopt you. To say, well, I'm bringing, in, I'm bringing you in. Yes, in my office as a judge, you are not guilty. But now as a father, I'm taking you home. You're going with me. And I read something some, some time ago when I was doing a study on father. And someone said, father is the Christian name for God. Can I repeat that? Father is the Christian name for God. Because in Islam, they don't call him that. He's not father. He's only father to us. Because of the relationship that we have with him. And he has brought us in. And he has adopted us. And we are able to boldly call him dad. Alright. Praise God. Romans chapter 8 verse 14 to 17. Romans chapter 8, 14 to 17. We're going to move fast now. 
says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For they have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Remember abusive environment? God is angry at you. If you don't do this, God is not happy. When that time when they leave to the Holy Spirit to say something, they say God is not happy. You know, all of you will be quiet and another one just raises up their voice loud and says God is saying he's not happy with us and all that and all that. You know, you know that, you know that. The God of religion is never happy. You know why he's not happy? He's not happy because your sins are never taken away in religion. They are kept somewhere and they only accumulate. They are like marriage. Other marriages where your sins are not forgiven, they are just stored and shelved somewhere. Only to, you know, to, to resurface next argument, next something, then everything is brought. So that's how a lot of people deal and envision God. They envision God as one who is keeping a record of wrongs and sins. So when you come back to God, you have to confess first for the sins of your father's house, the sins of your bloodline, the sins of your ancestors, and the things that you did knowingly and not knowing, and the things that you did last week that you confessed again, and a whole lot of stuff. I don't like that God. If he is your God, leave him. Come to mind. The one who is on Ephesians chapter number three, chapter number one, verse three. The father of Denzim one day who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That one is good. He's a good daddy. He's a good daddy. If you just look at me, you can see that he's a good father. You know why? You know why? Who takes someone like me? Someone like me. With my weaknesses. My flaws. And says, I'm not only making you my child. But I'm also giving you and entrusting you with a ministry. To go and announce to the sinners that there is a father. This good. He must be a good father. God who is not afraid to invest in you. Come on, you know you. You know you. I know me. You, you know you. You just, just to, to have access to God 24-7 and approach the throne of grace with boldness, with your pride, with your lust, with your gossip, and he does not close the door and say, today, no throne room for you. But you can enter at any given time in your car, there is a throne room. In your shower, throne room. In your bedroom, throne room. At your workplace, throne room. On your desk, throne room. When you are sleeping, throne room. At any time, God giving you. Amen. You. That's why Paul says, I'm not worthy to be an apostle. I'm not worthy. Because I persecuted the church. But grace. Grace. So you must be a good father. <laughs> you must be. You alone. You don't even need to go and preach Jesus. When you talk to sinners. You, say, you see me? 
I have access. Me, I've got access. Anytime I talk to him, like now, when I was on my way here, I was talking to him. So, would you not want a relationship like that? With, 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 with a daddy like that? Whether you stay in Slovo, access. Kailicha, access. Constantia, access. Wherever you stay, whether you come from a third world country, access. All of us, same access by the same spirit. He must be a good dad. <laughs> he must be a good father. He must be a good father. He must be a good father. Whether you are hungry, you have access. With your stubbornness, you still have access. Daddy just looks at you and says, huh? They are all my children. <laughs> Look, you and me, we have got more than enough things to just give God praise. Even if God <clears throat> does not do any other thing ever again, we have enough. We have enough. Next time when that boy says, I no longer love you, say, my friend, too late. That girl says, I no longer love you. Says, you know what? The reason why you no longer love me is because you don't know treasure. I cannot save you from your blindness. Imagine a person limited in knowledge, limited in revelation, not born again, whatever the case may be, come to the orphanage and says, this one I know is not good enough, this one not good enough, this one is not good enough, this one is not good enough, this one is not good enough. Then the richest of all them all who knows all things comes and says, I want the whole orphanage closed down because they are all good enough. Because my being good enough is good enough for them. You see, the reason why sometimes people don't have the capacity to love us, it's not because we are bad or we have got weaknesses. It's because they have no capacity in themselves to receive the love of God. They don't know how to stay with greatness. If they knew how to stay with treasure in earthen vessels, they will run after you. So don't cry when they break up. You are actually breaking up with a lower revelation. Making way for a higher revelation of who you are. Now, I've, God saved me from the approval of men. Do you know what God told me the other time? I was coming from Zimbabwe. I think I was coming with, with, with my wife. So, when God begins to speak to me, she gets to do the writing. So, God says, then... You don't, you don't need to wait for any release from any man. Then I said, what God? And he says, those who want men's release, they carry nothing inside. Then I'm like, what? He says, if you are waiting for a man to release you, it means you are empty inside. And he says, remember, soul 
needed a gathering to announce him king. But there was never a gathering for David for his anointing and announcement as king. Because what is in you announces you to the world. You don't need somebody stand to announce you to say he is now king. For David, they said, we have to make this guy. They were not there when he was anointed. Saul was anointed in private and he needed a public announcement. You know why? Because he was coming from the Benjamite tribe. It was not in his blood. That's why people needed to know that he is now a new king. Because it was not in his line. David, it was in his blood. He did not need anybody announce him. So sometimes we are, we are waiting for people to announce us. You know, people ask me, who, who, who did this to you? Who, who released you? He says, who released me? God released me. Is God not enough? Who released me? Is God not enough? God released me. If people withhold their so-called release, it's good. If they choose to do it, well, praise God. But them doing it and them not doing it, it doesn't make any difference. Change is nothing. You see, you see why people always looked for papas, uh, popular papas? You know? It's because people don't want to evangelize. So they want the name of another to ride on the glory of another. And, and so this one says, so, so, so me, I'm this and this one's child. I'm a child of God. Is that not enough? Ah, how dare you remove God there and you feel so proud to be a son of another man? When are you going to grow up to say, huh, we have access by the same spirit, not by different spirits, access by the same spirit. We only, in our family, we only have one big brother who is the firstborn. All of us, if you want to make yourself secondborn, it's up to you. If you want to make yourself third born, it's up to you. Whatever you, wherever you want to place yourself. Because the Bible only says we've got one firstborn. Jesus is the firstborn in our family. Place yourself where you want. I'm the second born. If Jesus is the first, I'm the second one. So if you are second, if you are second, we are twins. Bernard, if you are second, we are twins. Patience, if you are second, we are twins. Well, we are no longer twins. We are now what, what, and what, what, and what, what. Whatever you choose. I don't care where, where you place yourself. But if you're looking for the second born, I am. Then in that family, someone wants to be a granddaughter. Has it ever happened, Pastor Josh? You also say, I want, to, I want to adopt a grandchild. Have you ever heard that? Ah, I want to adopt a grandchild. Yeah, no, let's go for adoption. A grandchild, we are adopting a grandchild. No, whoever that you adopt, you are adopting as the father. There is no stepfather in adoption. The moment you are adopted, that parent is no longer stepfather or stepmother. Let's do this. Quickly. 
Oh, we were reading Romans. Well, you finish at home. This is what we have received quickly. I've got eight points here. We have received so much more, but I'm just going to end with the eight. Number one, we received the Father. The moment we were adopted, Esther had lost father, mother, but when Mordecai took her in, Mordecai became the father. So we have gained a father. There are verses, you look for them in your Bibles. I've got them here. But why should I give you? Did you pay? John chapter 20, verse 17. We've gained a father. And our adoption, number two, has given us a name. Because the moment you are adopted, you get a name. The name of that family. And we carry the name of Jesus. That's our, our family name. Alright? Uh, people quote that verse, especially, I think it was quoted so many times during log, uh, level five of the lockdown. <clears throat> March, April. This was the most quoted verse. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves, flee from their wicked ways. Something like that. And ten, well, something like ten, ten from their wicked ways. And I, I, then I will hear them from heaven. And I will heal their land. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and turn away from their wicked ways. You know that. And now people are relaxed because they talk about vaccine and all that. All of a sudden, that verse, the world is no longer ending now. We are back in full force. During that time, it was the end of the world. I say to some people, well, even if it ends today, so what? Are we not going to heaven anyway? What if the world ends? Praise God. Jesus never called us to preach the end of the world. I saw a lot of preachers preaching about the end of the world. Where is it? Were we ever called to be preaching? And you find your, your faithful members, they are being blessed by the messages about the end of the world. Instead of preaching Jesus to the world before the end of the world. Okay. This is what we get inheritance. So we get a name, you get inheritance. The moment you are adopted, you've got inheritance. Number four, you have a home. And what is the home? Now I have to talk about this. John chapter 14, verse 1 to 4. You have got a home. The moment you are adopted, you get a home. You get into a home. This is the home. John chapter 14, verse... Let's start from verse 1, 1 to 4. Let not your heart be troubled. See, were, Jesus was about to go. And then, you know, chapter 14, chapter 13, chapter 14, chapter 15, chapter 16, he's talking to them and says, well, you are not going to stay behind. I'm not going to leave you as orphans. Okay? Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God. Believe also in me. Verse 2. In my father's house, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. So there is, 
you know, remember what they used to tell us? That, you know, there is heaven is a construction site as we are speaking. There are houses that are being built. If your house is finished, you go. You, that's when you die. So the moment you die, your house is finished. You die, your house is finished. If I was Nigerian, I was going to say, God punish the devil. <clears throat> In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Next verse. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there he also, you, he may be also. Verse 4. And whether, whither I go, ye know, and the way, you know. So what is this place where he was going? He was going to the cross to prepare a place for us in the Father. So that we who did not have a dwelling place in the Father, as a result of the cross, we will have a dwelling place in the Father. So that, then he says, go, go back to verse 3. Go back to verse 3. Look at this. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. 40 days. He was seen, ascend, he ascended. Right? He went and he came back through the spirit of God, day of Pentecost. Now he is in us through the spirit. So he went 40 days. After 40 days, he came back again. And I will receive you unto myself that where I am, he may be also. Now after that, we are where he is, seated together with him in the heavenly places. Are we not where he is? So which are, where are the mansions? In him. There is space for all of us as a result of the preparation that he did by way of the cross. Now we are in him. So your home and my home is him. Now, if that is our home, Colossians chapter number 3, I'm sure it's on verse what? Let's try verse 3. Colossians chapter 3, let's try verse 3. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Your life is hid with Christ in God. So you are in God. So if that is your home, who is going to break in and take you out? Not even, not even coronavirus will kill you when you are in the home. If you happen to die, we will see you in heaven. Because to live is Christ, to die is gain. How we go may be different, but we will go anyway. Win-win. Give me verse 4. One of my favorite verses in the Bible. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then he also shall appear with him. Who is your life? Who is your life? So next time, before you say my life is in a mess, remember who your life is. Before you go around and say, Pastor, my life is in a mess, I'll ask you, who is your life? The book says Christ who is your, your very life. Never a mess. There may be ups, there may be downs. Never a mess. 
There were times when they tried to stone Jesus and the Bible says he ran away. He never said, God, my life is in a mess. There are times when they said he was a son of a devil. He was casting out devils because he was demon-possessed. He never said, my life is in a mess. How dare you? Adopted, loved, chosen, go around and say, my life is messed up. It's a status. It's there 24 hours for the world to see that Christ who is your life is messed up. And you want to go and evangelize to people and say, come and get the life of Christ that I have received. And if they ask you, how come last week your life was in a mess and today you want me to receive the same life that is a mess that you have received? That's why the gospel is now very difficult to preach. Because we say what we do not know. We speak the way the world speaks. And if we are to interrogate, we are to, they call it what? Yes, interrogate. No, there's another word that they use. Cross-examine, yes. If we are to cross-examine what you are saying, you will think we are attacking you. But we are simply trying to take you to a place where you really are. Where Christ, who is your life. When you go home, you read verse 1. It will make sense. Alright? I have to go now. Home and sleep. Number five, we have protection. What have we received? Protection. Psalms 91. What have you also received? Discipline. I like this. I'm going to talk about this. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 11 to 12. This is what you get when you are adopted. You receive discipline. This is what grace people don't like to hear. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. New King James says, the discipline of the Lord. Give me Hebrews chapter 12, verse 8 to 9. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 8 to 9. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 12 to 9. This is what Esther was going to get in their home. Protection. She was going to get provision. Uh, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness. Is that the one that I said? Not the other way. I thought it was 12, 8. Did I say 8, 12? Yeah, 12, 12, 8. But if ye be without chastisement, that is discipline, where of all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. Verse 9. Furthermore, we are fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the father of spirits and live. So discipline, when you are adopted, you receive discipline. It's a blessing to be disciplined. You are considered a son. If you are not disciplined, you see, because I said at one time to people when I used to pastor a church, they said, no, we need to discipline this person. I said, you know what? It's a waste of time. Let's wait for him to be born again first, then we discipline him. Because bastards are never disciplined. It's not a joy when you do something wrong and people just look at you as if nothing happened. Uh-uh. They, they, are, they are looking at you. And like, ah, he's not yet a son. When he becomes a son, discipline will make sense to him. That's what you receive in a home. It's called discipline. There's a naughty corner. 
All right, some people think God has got a naughty corner. God does not have a naughty corner, okay? All right? God does not have a naughty corner where he's putting people. But he disciplines us using this book. If this book cannot bring discipline to your life, then there's a problem. There was a time in my early days of ministry, every time God wanted to discipline me, he would make me read the book of James. I would cry. I would read that book and, and cry. That's why I don't see people different. Every person in our church is the same. Whether you've got money, you don't have money, I greet you the same. I like you the same. Because when, I, when he was disciplining me using gems, he says they give others who are special good seats. And those that do not have, they make them sit down. And God was hammering me and disciplining me and I would cry. And then made me a better pastor. So now you cannot intimidate me by your profession, by your qualification, and all that. It means nothing to me. Plus, it's yours. At the end of the day, it's yours. <laughs> what is the name on that certificate? It's yours. It's not mine. Alright? Number seven and number eight. Number seven, we receive siblings. When you come home, adopted, you've got siblings. All these you are my siblings. Siblings. That's why I love you. And you love me because we are in the family. They are, the Bible calls them brethren. Now the word brethren comes from a Greek word called adelphos. I love that word. Adelphos. It simply means from the same womb. We came from the same womb. So imagine you are a biological child and someone is adopted but you are now siblings. And you say, we are coming from the same womb. And the last one, eight. When you are adopted, when we were adopted, we gained a big brother. We gained a big brother. This is beautiful. We gained a big brother. And you see a whole lot of things that you get because of adoption provision. You don't need to look for anything. Now, Esther, the moment you are now in Mordecai's house, don't go around and worry about what you're going to eat. Because Matthew says, men shall not live by bread alone. Bernard, can you come over? Men shall not live by bread alone, but by every, every what? Word that proceeds. So we live by the word that proceeds. So God begins to provide. The word that we live by is provided for by God. With provision, you don't need to provide your own righteousness. Righteousness is a garment that is provided at home. You don't need to provide anything. It's home provides. Father provides. Everything that is needed is provided for by the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. My prayer for you today is that your eyes of your understanding are enlightened to the knowledge of what happened when you were adopted in the family of God. The judge declared you not guilty. The same judge, he took off his jacket as a judge, put on the jacket as a father, and says, but I'm adopting you as a father. Let's go home. Your protection is on me. Your child, your own biological child, doesn't pay for ADT. You do it as a father. Your child does not know they don't receive a paycheck. You are the one who goes to work labors 
they come all they know is daddy i want daddy i want this daddy i want this never at any time in your life feel guilty to go before god and say i want it gives him so much joy when his children are coming and saying i want not when his children are doing push prayers no it doesn't give him joy when pray until something happens you know it doesn't matter just just keep knocking kick that door if it, whatever i kick that door no there is no door to kick <laughs> because when you are trying to kick a door it means you are coming from outside you are trying to get access to someone who is inside that's why you need to kick a door open that's why you need to knock in order for the door to be opened but if you are with him on his throne at his right hand who needs to kick a door open steady you don't need to shout he's in you he hears you you don't need to roll down you're part of the family you don't need to you know to lay by and and you are there you with with days and nights of fasting for things that were already provided for remember i said at the beginning of the year our year we already know i know 2021 i was there god took me to january to february to march to april to may to june to july to august to september to october to november to december i saw the whole year not only did i see 2021 i saw 2022 23 24 2050 2060 all the years to come i saw them and i can tell you confidently and boldly that there is no year that will ever come that has got things that we do not know about we know what is in every year because we are in a year that controls other years we are in the year of the lord so all these other they mean nothing they are just numbers our year we saw it when if you are able to see the cross you know what is in the next year the cross says there is provision it does not say provision for 2021 it says there is provision for your lifetime the cross says this house there is forgiveness for a lifetime there is protection for a lifetime if it happens that you die in the one that you gain the year that we are getting into you have gained you are way way better than us you have no rent to think of you have nothing to worry about you sorted those who die in the lord they are better off than us i said at one time who made it you see people say you know i want to thank god to be 31st they're crossing over well to whatever i don't know but it will be the 31st and they're saying as we are crossing over others did not make it they died in this year but thank god that you made it and i ask myself who really made it the one who died or the one who has to worry about rent next month who made it who died in christ and the one who has to, to, to worry about waking up at four to go to work who made it guys if we understand that those who made it are those who die in christ if you died in 2021 2020 god bless you 
You made it. Don't even think when we come to your grave, we will cry the whole night. That thing of crying the whole night, just looking at each other crying. I won't. I'll be there five minutes. If they give me time to preach, I'll preach a little bit. I'll be there short time and I leave and go and rest. I'll not be there just looking at each other and this. Ah, he was a good man. This, this. I said, when you come to where my, my funeral, oh, this is just addition, just, you know, over and above what you have received. When you come to my funeral, it must be programmed. Pastor Josh, it must have program. People just come one hour, they go home, they rest. Not, not singing the whole time. Sing and become tired. And, because I'll be chilled. Looking at you, feeling sorry for you. <laughs> Woo! I'm done. Come on, give God a big hand of praise. Come on, give God a big hand of praise.